0: do you like to eat like every day do you like to travel for special occasions food festivals music festivals or just save some serious coin on your next vacation well then you have found the right show a fork on the road comes to you every week loaded with celebrities who travel for a living actors musicians chefs With me, Mark DiCarlo, from the Travel Channel, and the James Beard Award-winning foodie, Jennifer English. Connect with me on Instagram at MarkDecarloTV and on Twitter at Mark Listen to the show everywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe at fbpodcasts.com. ¶¶ Welcome to A Fork on the Road. I am your travel guru, Mark DiCarlo. She is James Beard, award-winning foodie journalist, Jennifer English. And you have found us, the only show you need for travel and food information, deals, and
1: frivolity. Jennifer, how the hell are you? I know that I love food, but even more than eating I love laughing, and I love doing this show with you because you are one of the silliest and funniest and smartest human beings I've ever broadcast with, and I'm every argue with that and every week <laughs> you make me laugh, and then you bring on guests who make us laugh and when you make me laugh, it's like it's like you have gone and made me a a home baked pie, this gorgeous still warm on the bottom. I'm all about the warm bottoms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, just let me tell you that right there. And we have one of my favorite people on the planet on the show today. She's a uh, big movie star, uh, hilarious comedian. She's currently traveling the country with a bunch of other ladies performing Menopause, the musical. And oh, has some, cool. some ho- hilarious stories from that. And I believe she's with us already. So, Megan Kavanaugh,
1: welcome to A Fork on the Road. Yeah. Thank you, guys.
2: Hi.
1: This is the real Megan Kavanaugh.
2: I know. Real Megan Kavanaugh.
1: True. Megan, welcome. I am so delighted to welcome you to our table today. Thank you. I'm so
2: happy. You know, it's hilarious because Mark called me and asked me to do this on my way to lunch.
1: So (laughs) So we're having power lunch with Megan Kavanaugh.
2: Uh, I'm in the van, and all the menopause peeps are in the in the Mazatlan Grill in Redding, <laughs>
1: California. And, oh, um, the
2: glamour of show
1: business! Oh,
2: the glamour of show business, darling.
1: I'll have a club. <laughs> I'll have a. I'll have the chef salad or the club salad without the egg, please. <laughs> right. So now, for people, people know Megan Kavanaugh
0: as Marla Hooch from uh, A League of Their Own. She's one of the funny German women from Mel Brooks's film. She was in uh, uh, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, a um, lot of other movies. She and I did Second City together. She's also my cartoon wife. She plays Jimmy Neutron <laughs> on the uh, Jimmy
1: Neutron show. And I didn't, I actually didn't know you did that, Megan. That's funny. Yes, mm-hmm. I, he, Mark is my cartoon husband. That's funny. That's right. Maybe he's the perfect That's... cartoon husband. Maybe Mark, Megan and I should talk for a minute. <laughs> so <laughs> what kind of a cartoon <laughs> husband is he? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, he keeps me laughing. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. I laugh
2: more with him than anybody in the whole world. Right?
1: Cuz he's my he's my radio husband. Exactly. What? I've got three wives. I'm like a Mormon. Wow. <laughs> oh, I bet there's I bet there's more of us than I bet there's more of us than we each know about.
2: <laughs> that's
1: yeah funny. i've
0: got a teletype wife i've got a print wife i've got a <laughs> semaphore code wife every every form of communication i got a girl
1: <laughs> i love that's it. how i roll that's funny that's very funny. Hey, Megan, tell us, tell us about the show right now. The summertime becomes the time when people get to take breaks from their usual productions and, and, and go out and, and do live theater where they might normally do movies and other things. Talk a little bit about what you're doing right now.
2: So, so I have seen every single state in the United States, <laughs> except for Hawaii. Have you been to, to every one? You've been everyone
0: to every single one?
2: Hawaii, except Hawaii.
0: You can't get to Hawaii in a van.
2: No, you can't. And they have done the show in Hawaii. I just didn't do it when they did it. I've been to Malaysia, and I've been to Singapore doing this show. And this show, I've been doing it on and off for 15 years. And I haven't aged out of the part, funnily enough. So (laughs) (laughs) I am so grateful to this job um, for pension and health through my union, through Actors' Equity, and... And you know, and and I am bringing. And I'm. I know this is going to sound like I'm being uh, kind of an idiot when I say this, but I'm not. I am bringing joy to so many women of a certain age with this show. People, the women love this show. They come back six and seven times. They bring their friends. It's it's a. It truly is like the greatest girls' night out where you just can have a drink, check your brain, and laugh your butt off.
1: That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about the show, because if you're traveling around, everybody in the country will get a chance to see this at some point. And I want to whet everybody's appetite and make them appreciate this. You don't have to be going through menopause, because this is just one of those things. You're going to know somebody you either are or know somebody who is or (laughs) this will touch your life. This is so true. So, So the
2: story is it's four women who meet at a Bloomingdale's at a lingerie counter, and there's a fight that happens. And that's the beginning. And then they realize, oh, my God, we're all in menopause. And so that starts their journey. And we do parodies of songs that we grew up with that we know and love, all set to menopausal lyrics. Mark has seen it a few times. And I have heard him (laughs) specifically laugh in the theater, which makes me laugh. (laughs) Because all the women
0: are laughing at the menopause jokes that I don't get. And I'm laughing right. at stuff that you're doing, and then people look at me like, why are you laughing now? That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's a delightful, uh, silly show. And Megan, Megan is uh, she started out at, uh, at Second City and in, in Chicago with me, and right. there's no one more fun to watch on stage because she's clever and can really play to an audience. And the people, you know, people know her from the movies, and they – they just love her in the show. So even if you don't know Dick about menopause, pardon the pun, it's a funny <laughs> show.
1: All right. I got to ask a question because one of the things that is compelling about your career is is not the breadth of the successes <laughs> that you've had, um, but the sort of uh, joy in these roles that are the breakout roles in almost everything you're in. You find a way to emerge in the roles that you have as someone who just is very touching and joyful and human and fun. Can you talk a little bit about when you get these, like I said, really breakthrough roles. People remember your characters. You might not remember everybody in the movie, but somehow you create characters that everybody remembers. What's the secret well, that's to that? Sweet,
2: Thank you so much, first of all. And second of all, I think that a lot of the characters that I play are, are sometimes underdogs or... Um, you know, they're not the pretty girl. It's, it's, it's the, the other character, like the the best friend or that, you know, that kind of a character. And they tend to be written. They have been written in the past sort of marginally. And I feel like um, I am one of these women. So I feel like I can breathe life into a character that I can relate to. And I absolutely relate to all these characters that I play. I mean, I'm, Marla Hooch was, um, is every young girl that I know growing up, everybody had, had issues with um, um, not feeling like they fit in or being uncomfortable with their body. I mean, even the pretty girls, like, everybody has that. Right. So
1: everybody, everybody has, has that happened. moment. It, it's a yeah. relatable moment. If it's not a, a, an incomplete and exactly. total everyday part of your life, everybody recognizes right. that. We've all lived through that. Exactly. And I...
2: I, tapping into that element and really um, giving that life to me is what what is what I love to do. That is the, the, my joy in my life is finding characters that I can breathe life into and make them relatable, and 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 um, and make you laugh. I you know I'm a comedian and I like. Making people laugh, making people laugh is a good way to make a living. And when I finished the show, you know, in the last town that I was in, Portland, wow. Oregon. Baltimore.
0: Wait, wait, wait! You went from Portland, Oregon, to Reading, Pennsylvania. Who's Reading, the- California?
2: No, no, Reading, California. California.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. well, well, then but they're doing right a fantastic job. They're, they're just down the street <laughs> from Walmart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in that Again. case, I withdraw my ire.
1: we did um
2: uh olympia washington and then portland and then now we're in reading and then from here we go to fresno and then and then we're back but i'm i'm you know it's uh i forgot the question
1: (laughs) 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 this 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 show that you're in right now is a scripted show um, yeah. How how often are you tempted to slip back into your improv oh, roots? Like, does know, the devil just get into you, and you just want to get you know a little mischievous? But,
2: but there's really not enough time, because once the train is running, it's running uh, like on its track. Yeah. And it's moving and and uh, you know the the only times for improv are when things go wrong, and those are fun moments. They can has be terrifying and fun. What has it ever happened? Oh, it happens. Yes, it's happened. Yes. There was a time when the soap star was supposed to come out of the bathroom. The, the, the toilet flushes and she never came out. <laughs> and, and and the Iowa housewife, I play the earth mother, the Iowa housewife and I, who we don't have names, by the way, we're just Iowa housewife and earth mother. So I can't say, hey, Sally. So, you know, I, I mean, I'd be naming her. So, you know, we're sitting on this bench in the bathroom looking at each other like, what do we do now? And we just start having a little chat. And, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, though, that I love. Like, my, my, my shoelace got caught on an actor's button in a show once, and I was drunk. And every time he moved, my leg would open. And, I mean, and the audience was howling. They thought it was part of the show. It totally wasn't. He could not get my shoelace off of his button. And it was like the whole show became about the shoelace on the button and his frustration. It was hilarious. I just love when stuff goes wrong. It makes me happy. It does. <laughs> I, I don't mean, sorry, Peter, God, don't don't bring me your wrath, but I'm just saying, the little things that go wrong are, can be very, very funny in the moment.
0: Make sure you never miss a hilariously delicious episode of A Fork on the Road by subscribing at fbpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. Jennifer English is Flavor Bank on Twitter and hashtag Flavor Bank on Instagram. I'm at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram, where I post all the funny things I see in my travels, including cranky tourists. When we were doing Jimmy Neutron, we would improvise all the time. And uh, the, the goal was to just crack the other people up. Uh, with something you said, and Megan did that with regularity.
2: Well, Mark did, too. Mark, I think Mark coined the term sugar booger. I just want to, that was yeah, my nickname. I, made that up. I think you gave that, I think you gave me that nickname. I did.
0: Yeah. You know, when you think of boogers, you don't think of something sweet and delicious. So I wanted to marry those two concepts. Yeah. and Thanks,
1: put- Okay. Megan, let's talk about your career. Were there moments where you literally came to a fork on the road and you had to make decisions? And what were the things you tapped into to make the choices that led you ultimately to where you are today? You know, when I first got
2: league, um, I got pregnant while I was doing the movie. And I didn't tell anybody that I was pregnant because, you know. And I had an opportunity to audition for Saturday Night Live. And I was pregnant. And I knew... That I couldn't move to New York and have a baby in New York. I knew I couldn't do that, so I had to. I had to turn it down, and I that was a fork in the road for me because that is that was one of my absolute dreams was to be on that show, mm-hmm. and to put my family and my well being sort of ahead of that was hard for me. Was very hard for me because I I feel like I'm um, well, and also you know I missed the premiere. Of a league of their own, but I was seven months pregnant. I went, I went back to Chicago to have my baby because I didn't want to. Um, I wanted my mom to be near me. So right. I mean, I've done a lot of um, decisions based on my family.
1: <laughs> I think those are good decisions.
2: I do too. I, I, I don't regret them. Let me put it that way. I there are times when I go, ooh, that would have been great, but I don't regret it. I'm I'm happy. I love my family. I have a really tight family, and um, well, those have been forks. You know, at growing aging in Hollywood has been a fork
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: of of you know there really aren't very many jobs for women my age that are character actresses too. They usually just you know give it to Joan Cusack or um, Kathy Bates. You know parts that I would go out for. They don't get to my level. They just hire the girls that are that are the stars. Right. And um and so that's how I ended up sort of being in menopause because theater was my, my first love. I, I started it when I was four. I love doing shows, and I love being on stage in front of people, and the, the, um, that, the being able to do that and being in a show that was about women that were aging, I thought, well, I could do this. I thought it would last maybe a year if I was lucky, and you know, here I am 15 years later with my, with my equity pension growing. Um, will you talk M-
1: Megan Kavanaugh joins us the actress is on the road uh, right now uh, and, and the show is actually called the menopause Chronicles? No it's called menopause the musical Menopause the musical okay um and and, and when you talk about uh, is it is 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 entertainment a family business did you grow up in the, in, the, in a theatrical f- family?
2: I did not My father is a unbelievably great Irish storyteller, jokester. He's, uh, you know, he can't, he cannot let a good line, um, a setup go go by without mm-hmm. having to say something. He, he can't. He just, it's like Tourette's. Like,
1: <laughs> he came to see our show. Not, or, Tourette's so with like, good timing. Yeah, exactly.
2: And he came to our show and the soap star came and sang to him and sat on his lap and she has a line and she says, um, I'm having a hot flash and I'm not the only one and he yells out, me too. And her next line was, you know, I'm not the only one meaning my dad. I said, dad, you ruined her line. He said, I did. I said, yeah, you, she, she's supposed to say, I'm not the only one. And you yelled out me too. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I did that. Next time she sits on his lap, a different soap star. He does the exact same thing. He cannot help himself. He yells out me too. Said, dad, you did it again. I did. Like, yes, you cannot help yourself. I love you. Does he not
1: know that's his out loud voice? (laughs) He doesn't care. No,
0: he probably got a big laugh with it. And, you know, if you get a big laugh with it, everything's okay.
1: Exactly. Megan, talk to me about a big laugh. Talk to me about the joy of the nourishment that you derive from the big laugh because you can't have spent time at Second City, you can't have earned your way into auditions with Saturday Night Live without having a really powerful relationship with the ability to make people laugh and it being recognized at the highest levels. And then if you do, that certainly must mean that you have a relationship with the laugh. Will you talk about your relationship with the God, laugh? That is such a great
2: question. I you know, the laugh doesn't have to be mine when I'm on stage. It can be, I could have helped set up somebody else to get the laugh. Like, it's all about, it's sort of a, it's, it's a dance or it's jazz. Like, I have my little solo and you have yours. And, but when we're doing it all together and we're um, harmonically happening, like, that is,
1: that's it. Like a comedy orchestra. Last, yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's Except. the big difference between stand-up and acting yeah. at slash improv. Stand-up, there's no room for anybody else, and it's just right. pop-pop-pop-pop-pop-pop. You're reciting a, 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 a monologue in your head. Improv is, right. is, is, is music, and there's, the, there's a tuba of and other. there's a trumpet. Right, know? and, and stand-up
1: stand is Yo-Yo Ma, and then and then what you do with improv is, you know, the Boston Pops. Right. Yes, yeah. or the
0: Beatles, depending oh, on how funny yeah. you are. <laughs> <You
2: know? laughs> but the, so the laugh to me is—it's—it's more—it's part of the whole. Like it's not, um, oh look at this! I got this great laugh. I some of the best laughs in this show are when I'm behind a door, <laughs> and I'm hearing the laughter so hard. No one's speaking. It's just a woman trying on lingerie in front of uh, like a pretend mirror, and it is so funny and i mean i can feel the wave you can feel the energy and i can peek through the tiny crack of my door and see people just bobbing just bobbing they're laughing so hard and that is so gratifying i, I it's just it's, so, it's really hard to put into words so, I, it's but it's just it's
1: the best so megan Kavanaugh, the actress is joining us on fork on the road today and one of the things that i'm really struck by as she answers the question about being a comedian and and her extraordinary uh career and success at making people laugh we cook if we cook we cook for compliments and someone really, sees you cook, it do you really do you really cook for compliments no do you, I, I i use that phrase to to set up the idea that when i cook for somebody uh-huh. I want to. I want to give them a moment that they love so much that they feel compelled to compliment because I want them to experience the great right. flavor joy that human but reaction. Not about, but it's it's what makes no 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 no. It's not about the no no no. It's the opposite of that. It's completely the yeah. opposite. But it's what happens if you're if you're um, y- y- you cry in a movie if you're reading a book and you can't put it down if you laugh. If you if you have that reaction, that human connection that comes from someone practicing their craft and their doing art. it and do, well, their art, but with more than just mere technical expertise right. and and a technician's competence, I find that those people who are most brilliant are the people that put their soul into this. How, Absolutely, Megan, Kevin, what of you and your? your intention and your effort and your energy goes into this that really helps you connect so that the laugh is the gift back from the audience for you giving the gift of what you put yourself in?
2: You know, anybody can be a technician. I mean, I have a I have a, a, a piano at home that's electric, that's a clavinova, and it, it'll play Bach beautifully technically, but it has no soul. Right. It's very different when you hear a pianist playing that with their soul um so the, the technical part of it is it's just the um the mechanic the soul is everything it's like the difference between being a robot and a person i mean truly like it's i i feel like the um the gratification that comes from connecting with other people to elicit a response whether it's a an ooh or an ah or a eek or a laugh or a what crying or whatever that is magic that's right. why people pay money come to to the theater they want that connection and i feel like when that connection is delivered received and given back like when the whole cycle has happened that is incredible and it doesn't happen every time you go on stage
0: no it doesn't and it it doesn't happen with every art form i think i think maybe that's the common thread of any kind of art you could look at a painter That has, you know, can make something look exactly like it looks in real life, but it doesn't have that thing that grabs you by the gut, uh, you know,
3: like Picasso or or,
1: uh, Da Vinci or something. She's talking about comedy conviviality. Mm -hmm. We usually talk about conviviality in terms of going out and experiencing a moment of of uh, hospitality you go to a restaurant you go to a bar you go to a night you go somewhere because you could door dash your food you could uber eats to your house you could sit at home and have the same world-class michelin three-star food but that's not the experience and you could have some of these technical things brought to you But you go, you choose to go out to the restaurant because restaurants deliver conviviality. You go to concerts in giant arenas because of how they feel, the sound, feels different in an arena you go in these environments where there are these people that are sharing this moment with you and there's concert conviviality you go to comedy shows you could listen to a comedy album but there's a reason why we choose to experience these with other people that conviviality one of the great things that happened they showed a league of their own in boston and in the summertime, they show movies on the Hatch shell. When you see a movie like that, that has that great pathos and joy, and then you see it with other people, it just feels different.
2: Absolutely. I do want to plug something that's coming up that people might want to be part of. It's, um, it's happening at the Field of Dreams in Dyersville. I am playing in a celebrity game with retired Cub players. What? Andre Dawson. And what? David Ross <gasps> and, and, and other, pl- other players and the cast from um, The Sandlot, Smalls and all those guys and two other actresses from A League of Their Own and we're all playing in a celebrity game on September 1st. We're going to walk out of the corn, onto the field. And no. We're playing, and so excited. Girls, you can't yeah. play baseball. <laughs> shut No, no, shut up. up. I have not hit a ball. I don't know when the last time I hit a ball. It might have been three years ago, maybe. Uh maybe longer. It's September first.
1: Do you have any idea how much I'd like to go out and broadcast that live? That is so cool. See, I, I'm a I'm a baseball mom. I'm a little league mom and it's Little League World Series time and while we're not in the Little League World Series this year, the movie twelve has totally inspired me to be tapped into Little League World Series this year. But this is the coolest news. So can I we watch this? Is this gonna be broadcast on online? No, I don't
2: I don't think it's gonna be that I know of. I don't think it's gonna be broadcast. Um but it's um let's see it's like called field of dreams it's a it's a whole weekend of like you know autographs from from players and it's it's a whole big thing um and it's culminating with the with the game on on that i'm looking to see if i can find you
1: the and, next. and megan kavanaugh and uh you're originally from chicago as well so are you a white Sox or cubs fan to begin with oh i am a <laughs> cubs fan totally so Ernie Banks fan from way back? Always. Oh, Mr. He's cub? The, Mr. C- he's the Cub. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And yeah. how... And
0: well, Andre, Andre Dawson's no slouch either. No. He was an well, MVP. I agree. you got to get well, a good and, picture with Andre, the Hawk.
2: And Grandpa David Ross, who got yeah. us help bring home our very first World Series in yes. our lifetime and in my father's lifetime and in my grandfather's lifetime. Just saying. Wow. He'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited.
1: That's so awesome. So you grew up with the, with the game?
2: Oh, yeah. And I'm also going to the Charlotte Knights. I'm, I'm appearing at the Charlotte Knights for a women in baseball night. And, oh, in Rockford, there's so much happening. In Rockford, there's um, a women's, uh, there's a baseball museum being built. And there, Rockford is helping with, um, uh, it, that, that's where the Peaches played. So right. it's right across the street from Byers Stadium where the Peaches played. And, and, um, and they're raising money for this uh, big museum. And I'm... And that's all happening. There's a big Penny Marshall Memorial um, weekend happening in Rockford on the September 14th, 15th weekend, that weekend. So that's happening as well. I'll be going to that.
1: You know what's funny, Mark? I was the uh, founding editor of the Women's Baseball Review, which is now defunct. Uh, but we were, a, we were a quarterly that published uh, original works by women authors. Really? Short stories, poems photography. Wow. I'm telling well, you. Having
0: having I, Megan on the show must be super Like
1: you have you different. have no idea. Like this this oh God, this is that. like a gift. Like I can't and tell you. let me tell you.
0: She's she's too humble to tell anybody this, but she did all her own hitting and all her own defense in the movie. She trained for 6 weeks, a month with yes, the was, USC yeah. players and became a all the women did, became actual baseball players. So the, all the stuff of her ripping the ball from both sides of the plate, yeah. no less. And I learned that. let yeah, Go ahead,
2: Mark. No, go ahead. No, you, now, you go ahead. Okay. 80, I was going to say, I did 80 miles an hour in the cage on both sides before I did that gymnasium scene. Wow. Yeah.
0: She was ripping it. So this movie came out a while back. You do a lot of charity work. You go a lot of places for League of yeah. Their Own. You must have had some great run-ins with actual, real baseball players. Do you have any good, funny stories you can tell us about? Uh, None that are funny. Football? Mostly
2: just being in awe. <laughs> And now you're putting me on the spot, and I can't even remember anybody's name. I'm going to give you a
1: minute to think about this. We're going to take a very quick break. This is A Fork on the Road.
2: Make sure you
0: never miss a hilariously delicious episode of A Fork on the Road by subscribing at fbpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. Jennifer English is Flavor Bank on Twitter and hashtag Flavor Bank on Instagram. I'm at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram, where I post all the funny things I see in my travels, including cranky tourists. Please have your pencils and scorecards ready. A Fork on the Road has returned with very special guest, Megan Cavanaugh
1: second base. And now, 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 playing, playing, <laughs> playing. Guess, for the remember, rock for peaches, peaches,
0: peaches. Remember the, uh, when you were a first time you got to second base with a guy? Hey, hey, hey. You were going to tell us a funny story about some baseball players that you've met in your long okay. and storied career.
2: So we were at Dodger Stadium, and I was wearing uh, one of the old-fashioned Cubs jackets. Like, it was beige. It had, like, black stripes on it. I think it was from, like, the early 1900s, the replica. And I loved this jacket more than anything. And I was wearing it, and we were going on the field to meet Tommy Lasorda. Oh. And they were playing the they were playing the Cubs, so I, You know, I had my Cubs and I was like, "Woo!" Right? I'm all I'm all excited. Go down, and, and somebody says to me, "You absolutely cannot wear that. You have to. You, you can't have. He won't let you on the field. You. It's like it's forbidden." And I was like, "So I wrapped it into a ball and I shoved it under my arm." And um, there's pictures of us. I'm like shaking his hand with this like ball of
1: fabric <laughs> felted wool under, roll my arm, under you know, your like, arm.
2: Shaking hands. He's like, What you got there? I'm like, Oh, nothing. No, I just, I, I, I get cold, so I just have, I have a little jacket here. I'll try you to like to completely it. hide it because I was told I would be so much trouble.
1: That happened. Mark, were you a baseball fan growing up? Oh, hugely, yes. Uh, I played baseball.
0: I loved baseball. I think it is, it, it, as there is a difference between dogs and cats in what they give us and what we give them, there is a difference in all the sports. And I think baseball is the most American of all our sports. It embodies all the values and all the mojo that I think America
1: aspires to um i'm gonna go one step further i think it's the most spiritual of all the professional sports i think there's something utterly magical about everything about baseball
0: and i like it better the older i get because there's more stuff going on that you don't realize when you're a little kid you know what's he gonna throw what's he gonna do i'm telling you if you got 12 minutes the best uh, the best breakdown of this is george carlin's football baseball routine. yes yes totally on the head right so, Megan, let's talk a little bit about Cartoon World. We play a uh, husband and wife on the Jimmy Neutron show. You've done a lot of other cartoons in the interim. Are you doing anything right now? Uh, anything new?
2: I, I did an episode of Loud House for Nickelodeon.
1: I love um, that show.
2: I play um, a hockey security guard, which makes <laughs> me so happy because I love hockey. And, um, and, I, and when I auditioned for this, I said to my friend, if I don't book this, there is no cartoon god. Like, there's no like, I, I, I am born to play this part, and I, and I booked it. So I was like, thank you for reassuring me, cartoon god, that you still exist. Because I was perfect for this role. Can um, we hear a little bit so, of it? What do you want, Mark? You're out of here! <laughs> get your head, get your stuff, and get out of my rink right now!
0: I just I, I just came to pick up my skates. They were supposed to be being sharpened. Are, are they ready yet?
2: I'm not the skate sharpener. I'm the security guard, and I'm supposed to keep
1: people like you out of here. Now, get out of my face.
0: But I, I can see my skates behind you. They're on the shelf. If I could just go get <laughs> them.
1: They're the pink ones.
0: <laughs> the pink ones with the little balls on the end. Can I just go get them?
2: <laughs> In your dream.
1: <laughs> That's well, funny. Uh,
2: it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I got to tackle. I got to, like, yell at people. It was really fun. And I'm not sure when that's airing, but that I did that recently. And I played a mosquito recently in an in a, um, ad for a Tiki um, lanterns to keep mosquitoes away. That was fun. I get to do a lot of fun things.
0: You've worked um, with Mel Brooks a bunch of times. Tell us a good Mel yeah, Brooks story.
2: twice. God, such an amazing man. So I was auditioning for this, this movie... Um, It was called, the original title was called Angie, I Says, and it starred Gina Davis. And they were looking for her friend, who's supposed to be Italian. Well, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm the map of Ireland, but I had an audition for this part. And I was talking about it, and Mel said, are you reading for the director? And I said, no. And he said, get me the phone number. You're reading for the director. And I was like, okay. So I just (laughs) thought, whatever. I just thought he was just talking. I didn't really, you know, I didn't do anything. And I come back, and I say, he goes, so give me the phone number. And I said, you were serious? He was like, yes, I'm serious. So I call my agent. And I'm like, listen, Mel Brooks is going to call the director for this movie that I can read for her. And um, he so my agent gets the phone number, and I go with Mel, so with him for lunch, and Mel calls. And I this is what he said. Hello. Yes. Is so-and-so there? Yes. Mel Brooks. Yes, really? <laughs> 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 that was a funny little moment. He. Saying my praises to this person. I didn't end up getting the part, but it was an amazing thing that happened. I'm getting back into the van. I've missed lunch because everybody's done with lunch, so I'm getting back oh. into the
0: van. Oh. We owe That's you. All right, and i need
2: to continue my phone call with you.
0: Hey, are your other cast members in the van now?
2: Yes, my other cast members are in the van.
0: <laughs> Pass the phone to one of them, have them introduce themselves, and I want to hear them tell a funny Megan Cavanaugh story.
2: Oh. Terry Adams is here. She plays the Iowa House. Okay. She's a dear friend, I've been we've been in the show a gazillion times together and I'm handing the phone to her. You're on the radio.
1: Hello, radio. Hey Terry, it's Jennifer English and you're tuned in with Mark DiCarlo here on a fork on the road. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: Awesome. Good, Terry. Give us a good Megan Kavanaugh story, something funny. Something that she wouldn't oh, tell man. on
1: a show. Oh dear God, there are so many. She's our resident celebrity on tour, and so she uses her celebrity to, you know, get us in places and get free desserts if we can. Right. She's you get to hot nuts
0: treatment at the Cracker Barrel wherever you go?
1: Yeah. She loves the Cracker Barrel. She likes their fashion.
2: Carrie's <laughs> <laughs> the one, when I told you I'm behind the wall when the laughing is happening, it's her. She's putting on the lingerie in front of a pretend mirror and is slaying the audience. Slaying them. Pretty ridiculous, but it uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of. things. you. Like the
0: chick Beatles, you're traveling
1: around we the country. We are. Car. We're the, the four of you. And I'm the Ringo. She's Ringo.
2: <laughs> I'm um. I'm Paul.
1: Mark, we got to wrap this up. Thank you so much. Thank you Thanks, guys. Babe. Take care. Have a great trip. We'll Love see you, you when you get back. Okay, babe. Bye-bye. Megan Kavanaugh, thank you so much. Oh, what a delightful show. You are so I- awesome. You don't have any idea. Just like, I am so fangirled out right now. That you had Megan Cavanagh yeah. on. The, like, you didn't, you didn't give me any clues or hints. And nope. I don't think you truly appreciate just how substantially deep my baseball love and baseball roots go. No, I didn't know. But, I mean, boy, perfect guess for that, right?
0: Oh. She, she, I, she,
1: Megan's deal is
0: she has no idea how famous she is. You know, you go places with her, and people do what you're doing right now. They just freak out. She's always very nice. She's one of the funniest people and one of the nicest people
1: uh, I've Listen, ever met. Listen, sure. you got to understand something. Mm-hmm. Girls and baseball, if you're my age, and, and I'm in that menopause musical age range, okay, Let, let's just talk about this for a second. Girls weren't necessarily allowed to like baseball. We certainly weren't allowed to play, as, no. as was was shown. And even though there was that history from World War II and, and the whole league of their own, so, can you imagine what it was like to watch a big deal Hollywood production about baseball and girls that loved baseball? You know who my favorite peach was? Yeah, Marla Hooch. Right. Yeah. Megan Kavanaugh. she was my cuz she really she was, loved, the funniest. she was the funniest, but she also played. You if you really look at that movie, you can watch her you watch her throw and hit. You could tell she was she was she was a gamer. She
0: trained with the USC team. I played baseball with her uh, every day for like two weeks to, you know, help her get ready and help her on with her footwork. And she but, but she loves, 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 loves the Cubs and loves baseball.
1: And so, you know, I grew up at Fenway Park. I grew up in Boston going to Red Sox games.
0: Boston is the soul sister of Chicago. Absolutely. Both have similar. Absolutely, ethos and mythologies with the two teams. So I like that. They're my favorite American League team, even though the American League with the D.H. I'm not a very, I know, uh, a very, I know.
1: You really gave me a gift today. You couldn't have given me a better gift than this guest today. Thank you.
0: I'm well. I'm very glad. I I, I figured I didn't know you'd like her this much, and quite frankly, I thought she'd be better on the show. But uh, <laughs> she,
1: I'm glad. she gave up lunch and she's riding in a van and she still did the gig for us. <laughs> that, my friend, is a true friend. We owe her. Can't we send her DoorDash? Can't we like? Don't they have like a cheesecake factory or something in Reading? We can send her something I'm to send eat.
0: Her I'm going to send her a picture of a big cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee.
1: (laughs) Any and all episodes of all the shenanigans we've gotten ourselves into over the last several months, you can find at Food and Beverage Podcast Network. Mark, thank you.
0: You sure can. Jennifer, thank you. Megan, thank you. This is Mark DiCarlo. Thanks for watching, and we will see you at a fork on the road. Thanks for listening. She's Jennifer English at Flavor Bank, and I'm at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram. We'll be back next week with another deep dive into travel, food, and funny. Until then, I'll see you at a fork on the road.
3: By the shores of old Lake Michigan Where the hawk wind blows so cold An old cub fan lay dying In his midnight hour, the toll Round his bed his friends had all gathered they knew his time was short. And on his head, they put this bright blue cap from his all-time favorite sport. I told him it's late, it's getting dark in here, and I know it's time to go. But before I leave the lineup, well boys, there's just one thing that I'd like to know. Do they still play the blues in Chicago When baseball season rolls around When the snow melts away Do the cubbies still play In their ivy-covered burial ground When I was a boy they were my pride and joy But now they only bring fatigue To the home of the brave The land of the free the doormat of the National League. He told his friends, you know the law of averages says anything will happen that can. That's what it says. But the last time the Cubs won a National League pennant was the year we dropped the bomb on Japan. The Cubs made me a criminal, sent me down a wayward path. They stole my youth from me. That's the truth. I forsake my teachers to go sit in the bleachers in flagrant truancy, and then one thing led to another, and soon I discovered alcohol, gambling, dope, football, hockey, lacrosse, tennis, but what do you expect when you raise up a young boy's hopes and then just crush them, like so many paper beer cups, year after year after year. After year after year after year after year after year. Till those hopes are just so much popcorn for the pigeons beneath the L tracks to eat. He said, You know, I'll never see Wrigley Field anymore before my eternal rest. So if you have your pencils and your scorecards ready, then I'll read you my last request. He said, Give me a doubleheader funeral in Wrigley Field on some sunny weekend day. No lights. Have the organ play the national anthem, and then a little na-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye. Make six bullpen pitchers carry my coffin, and six groundskeepers clear my path. Have the umpires bark me out at every base in all their holy wrath. It's a beautiful day for a funeral. Hey Ernie, let's play too. Somebody go get Jack Brickhouse to come back and conduct just one more interview. Have the cubbies run right out into the middle of the field. Have Keith Moreland drop a routine fly. Give everybody two bags of peanuts and a frosty malt and, and I'll be ready to die a big fire on home plate out of your Louisville Slugger baseball bats and toss my coffin in. Let my ashes blow in a beautiful snow from the prevailing 30-mile-an-hour southwest wind. And when my last remains go flying over the left field wall, we'll bid the bleacher bums adieu. And I will come to my final resting place out on Waveland Avenue. The dying man's friends told him to cut it out. And he said, stop it, that's an awful shame. He whispered, don't cry, we'll meet by and by near the heavenly hall of fame. He said, I've got season's tickets to watch the angels now. So it's just what I'm gonna do. He said, but you, the living, you're stuck here with the Cubs. So it's me to feel sorry for you. And he said, oh, play play that Lonesome Losers tune. That's the one I like the best. Closed his eyes and slipped away. Well, Scotty, it was the Dying Cup fan's last request. So here it is. Do they still play the blues in Chicago when baseball season rolls around When the Cubby still play in their eye because they bear your grind. When I was a boy, they were my pride and joy. But now they only bring fatigue to the home of the...